engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you now, can do Now, the about. End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, I'm Janet Miranda, the executive director of Priest for Life. Welcome to Just Ask Janet. Well, today we are going to talk about a lot of things that are very important to a lot of women. Uh, we're going to talk about abortion, its complications, and we're going to hear from an expert today who, by her own mistake of having an abortion and the trauma she had that she's going to tell us about, we're going to find out why abortion is not smart women's health care. Well, joining me today is a dear friend of mine and a priest of life ministry. She's been battling this issue for a long time, and I'm so pleased to have her come all the way from the West Coast to our studio here in Titusville, Florida. So Esther Ripplinger, welcome to the program. Thank you, Janet. I am delighted to be here. It is good to see you again. Glad to have you. And as I suggested, um, you did have an abortion. Um, so help us to understand, because as you know, the, the secular world out there, the media, they act like this is a woman's choice and this is a good thing for women and it's women's health care. Right. What led you to choose abortion for you? Good question. I was raised um, in a church, um, Protestant church, and I did not hear anything about what abortion was or um, until one series from Focus on the Family, it, but I was much too young to understand all about that. And clearly my one opinion was that that would be nothing remotely to anything that I would even consider, of course not. Mm -hmm. And so that was the end of that. Nothing was discussed. I did not hear anything from church, from the pulpit or otherwise. And that was my background. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I think that's the problem is if we don't hear in the church that abortion is the taking of a human life and it is a sin, it's against, you know, God's commandment, thou shalt not kill. I mean, if a priest or a pastor won't even open their mouth about it, what do you expect the young people to do? They're hearing from the secular culture that, oh, no big deal. Have an abortion. Go back to school or work tomorrow. No big deal. So then how old were you? What were the circumstances that led you to choose abortion? Yes. So I was um, a virgin up until um, 18 and had a boyfriend for a number of years and things went too far. And it, would, it was against my uh, understanding, the things that I was taught to be chaste. I kept that for quite a while, but things went too far and um, I did get pregnant very early in that process, and I understand now through healing, but I'll make the point that at that time, I had shame, I had guilt, and that was a key factor for me then succumbing to the suggestion that I should get an abortion. Uh, however... And, um, and who made the suggestion to you? Good question, yes. Uh, <clears throat> When I told my boyfriend that mm -hmm. at that time that we were 
that I was pregnant, that it, he was actually, we were actually excited about it. And we made plans on paper to get married and have our baby and everything would have been just really fine. He went, um, he said, this, this is exciting. This will work. <laughs> and so he we'll went. We'll get through this yeah, together, that's right? That's right. And so that was comforting. It was stressful, but we, we were in this together. And so he decided to go to his parents alone to tell them. And then when he came back, he sang a different song. And he said, you have to get an abortion. We can have another one someday. <sighs> oh, no. And I was crushed. And I... Those plans that we made on paper, I had to crumble them, crumble and them up, throw yeah. them in the garbage, and that was just the end of uh, um, who so, I so, was. So it's his parents influenced Influence. the decision, and then tell us, um, <clears throat> did he take you to the abortion clinic? And so did, at that did he time help I, you get yeah. the abortion? At that time, I was nineteen years old, mm -hmm. and so uh, he had a job. They sent him away for training, and so I was supposed to take care of this while he was gone. Oh, so goodness. I was all alone and uh, I arranged for a friend to take me. And what kind of friend is that? There was right. no discussion and it was just sad and lonely. Right. Later on, I learned that his mother also had an abortion. So there's some reasoning why she chose that for me. And yeah. Yeah. Well, she probably figured, well, if I did it, let her do it. And, and here she was suggesting the death of her own grandchild. Right. I yes. mean, that's another trauma that you know we could discuss later. So, sad. so do you remember about the abortion itself? I mean, did the abortion clinic uh, tell you about anything? Did they, you know, what was, what was their care for you? Cause the other side pins this as women's health care. Mm -hmm. What was the scenario in that abortion clinic? When I was waiting my turn and they called a number, <laughs> I sat in a small room very small, just enough room for a desk and a chair, nothing else. And this is supposedly a uh, consultation, but really was a sales pitch. And this woman, I asked about the baby's stage of development, and she told me it's just a blob of tissue. Oh boy! As I've heard so many women, so tell many me stories, the same thing. That you know, is what. They say. And you know what's amazing is that you know with the advance of ultrasound technology, that they're still coming out with that lie. Mm -hmm today right you know it's, it's astounding that's right so do you remember the actual procedure much i mean some women re recall more than others but what's your experience mm -hmm. the <laughs> procedure actually was the opposite of what i was told that it was going to be she literally gestured on her arm most girls just feel a pinch you'll be fine and as I laid on the table, I was in excruciating pain, which came as a surprise. And I, I did not, I was not expecting that at all. So there was no disclosure about a medical, quote unquote, medical procedure. Right. None of that. It was really just that harsh. I was. Um, did you meet the doctor before the procedure? Absolutely not. He, so you met the yep. doctor when you were already on the table ready for him to do the abortion. I remember I went out of my way to see the this person who was performing this thing and there was no introduction <laughs> he just went at it and i thought well that's odd yeah like he would say hello i'm dr smith mm -hmm. and tell you mm -hmm. a little bit about what he was about to do to you right right it but was, not a word exactly i remember more <laughs> this woman who was standing by me to ensure that i didn't get up and leave um i uh, she wanted to hold my hand and try to you know, reach out for comfort. And at that time, there was nothing else to uh, 
I, I was desperate for comfort, so I took her hand and I thought, well, that's, how can you stand there and comfort me when I'm in pain and this is wrong? But that was a really harsh, I believe I felt the sting of death in my most tender part of my body. Yeah. It was more than pain, but there was a sting of death. This life left me. That's what I remember the most. Yeah. So now immediately following uh, the abortion, um, did you contact your boyfriend? Did he ask how you were? Did your relationship continue? Like how did things work for you? Like following that abortion? Our relationship continued for uh, maybe two years and it was very rocky. And in, in I know now that I, nothing he can do to alleviate our relationship. There was just an underlying, I hate you for letting me go through this. And I hated right. his mother. Just, it, <clears throat> I mean, I'm a Christian. You're not supposed to hate people, but it was that kind of emotion. And I was struggling with even just that because we're not supposed to hate people. And I've been a very good person that way. But right, there so, was such so the a, relationship ended. It ended. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, did life go back to normal for you or... At what point did you come to grips with the, all these feelings to, to seek some healing from them? I went, I started college and this was just before that. And I did poorly in school and I, this is, I was looking forward to this uh, study and I was just going to give my heart and soul to it. But after that abortion happened, I did not have the zest for life. I did not want to continue. It was very hard. I turned to uh, substance abuse um, and, and just it just got a, a little bit out of control and uh, it was difficult to, to, to manage. Nobody wanted to listen. They said, it's done. It's in the past. Put it behind you. Move on. And I, I, I tried to do just that. I, I tried to stuff it. But even though my uh, uh, that I tried to forget, but my body couldn't forget that trauma. Right. So what was the healing program that you eventually found? And how did you yeah. find it? <laughs> so I ended up getting a job at Oregon Right to Life. I was oh recommended by my church band leader and I got that job and I, I enjoyed it. They It was their first week, my first week working there and they had their annual convention and I decided to choose to check out for no reason at all, complete denial. I was I chose this abortion recovery workshop to learn about it, whatever that was. And I sat there and she handed out the handouts and I looked at the symptoms of people who have distress and right. it just rang. You were true. going like, uh oh, that's me. <laughs> oh, that's, that's me. me. That's oh. me. And I do believe that was a good friend of ours, Olivia Gans, probably was giving the workshop, and she's uh, right. she's a, one of the pioneers with abortion recovery for decades. You know, Absolutely, and, and she working is a for National Rights Alive, dear yeah. friend of mine. Yeah. You bet. So, what abortion recovery program did you go through? Well, it was offered through the local pregnancy center, and uh, they've changed names by now, but it's called um, it was called Healing Encouragement for Abortion Related Trauma, and that's an acronym for Heart. Ah, and it was okay. uh, at that time the Linda Cochran uh, Forgiven and Set, Set Free, Free Program. program yep. right. It's mm -hmm. a very intense Bible study. I know that there's a number of them now. So mm -hmm. different different tools, for, but all achieving the same healing process. Right. Yeah. Okay. So mm -hmm. then next step mm -hmm. down the road, you've been healed now from your abortion. So you're mm -hmm. feeling better about yourself, probably, you know you're able to function better at your job and everything mm -hmm. else. Because once, once all that trauma is taken away, you're you're kind of back with the Lord and you realize his mercy and forgiveness. So um, you also then got involved with Silent No More, which I co-founded with Georgia Forney's because mm -hmm. now you 
told wanted to tell your story. So how did that happen? Yes, it was dramatic. It was a dramatic change at the office there at Oregon Rich Life. And I uh, I actually shared with my boss, I sorry I didn't tell you this before, but I didn't realize it too that I had this abortion. So she helped me through that process and it was dramatically changed. So as I developed um, this wanting to help other people who I healed with, uh, looking for opportunities that we can partner with with that organization to uh, to disseminate the this voice that is sort of new. It was no new in Oregon for sure, and we had speaking opportunities. And I found Georgette. I just think the Lord brought us together. It was 2002, probably right about when it was started, and we partnered there. And so I gathered gals who, like me, from our healed place, we could be active. And so I nurtured be public yes. about being and silent in the war. Exactly, right? and yeah. that actually gave us such a great sense of freedom that we could no longer live in that shame that there is forgiveness from Jesus Christ but there's healing and those two are absolutely that's right unique and separate well and you know what it is too when you think about it <clears throat> you know Planned Parenthood the abortion industry they they still say you have abortion today go back to school and work tomorrow no big deal mm -hmm. now if that's the way they're selling the product and you feel oh my gosh I'm I feel this I feel this I feel this what do you say what's wrong with me if all these other women are saying no big deal, why do I feel this way? So now with Silent No More, you realize, wait a minute, there's a whole bunch of us out here who regret our abortion, who found healing. And I think that's the beauty of Silent No More is that those voices get out there against this other deafening mantra of it's, it's no big deal to say, no, it is a big deal. We've destroyed the life of our child. We deeply regret it. And we want you to know this healing too. And for a girl who's considering an abortion, you don't want to go down this road, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's a dead end, you know? So I'm just so grateful for you, Esther, mm -hmm. and for the many women and now men and grandparents who are all coming forward, part of Silent No More, and, and giving their testimonies so that we can change the hearts and minds, right? Absolutely, and it's really just an opportunity to share the other side and put a face right. on the impact. This is not rhetoric and it's not political, it's someone's life, it's my life, it's the friends that I work with, it's our story and right. it needs to be told, it's very right. important. Well, then of course, you also ran into another good friend of ours mm -hmm. who started uh, Smart Women's Healthcare uh, which I love that title uh, because like we saying, the other side like to make it sound like abortion is healthcare. We know it's not. Uh, so tell us about our dear friend, Deb Tilden, and your involvement with the Smart Women's Healthcare. That's right. So SMART actually stands for Science Matters in Abortion-Related Trauma. It is an acronym, and it really is trying to take back that that language, take back the words and help people to think about it. So how I met Deb, uh, we were both in Oregon at the time and she wrote something, a letter to the editor. And I thought, I have to get, a, get in touch with her. And when I did, uh, she was able to work with and, and kind of take over from when I, when I left, I moved to another state and she just had the same heart and she kept nurturing this group and uh, to this day. So I feel like this just is another wonderful meeting how God brings people together to continue this work. And I'm very proud of the work that she's done. So far. Yeah. And there's a great website people can go to. Tell us about that yes. information that you have up there on that website. That's right. Uh, Smart Women's Healthcare dot com or smartwomenshealthcare.science we started with. And 
there we have tools. Now, this all started because uh, Deb Tilden told me about this uh, book that is a compilation of 360 worldwide studies from people like uh, British Medical Journal, I mean, notable you know, empirical research, peer-reviewed, etc. This is all just undisputed science. And it's in this book called Complications. And uh, Complications is a companion book to the award-winning film, hushfilm.com, Hush. And Hush just is a documentary. It, it goes through about just forgetting the rhetoric of pro-life, pro-choice, just what do women need to know that's science. And that's what science, Smart Women's Healthcare, uh, you know, how it started. We wanted to champion this book and get it in the hands of women or even you know, leaders, medical people, right. pastoral, et cetera. Well, you have a copy of the book right here. I uh, yes. I've, read the, I've read parts of this book. Um, I know uh, Father Pavone has read it. Uh, it's called Complications, Abortion's Impact on Women. And this is a second edition. And my dear friend, uh, Dr. Angela Lamfranchi, uh, also is one of the authors here yes. of, that pulled the studies together. And I do believe this is still available on Amazon. I think people yes. can get it on Amazon. I highly recommend it because if you're going to debate, discuss, write a letter to the editor, anything, the facts you get from this great book uh, is tremendous, you know. But one of the facts, I mean, that I know it's in the book and it's documented, uh, obviously, there's the uh, link between abortion and breast cancer is, is huge, and the studies are there. And then there's all kinds of complications. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's just talk for a minute about the physical complications. So there's, of course, the link to abortion breast cancer. Uh, but then there's all kinds of other uh, physical complications. Tell right. us about some of them. Uh, Preterm labor, so subsequent, the next baby that she has. <laughs> is highly likely to be preterm. And there are statistics that I don't keep up with. Deborah <laughs> Tilden, ask her. Um, it's all in here. And there is a cost, a fiscal impact to our nation and to our local communities when, uh, for example, she's having trauma symptoms, a number of them, we can go through those, and she misses work. She has to be put, they put her on, you know, different kinds of antidepressant medication, which is on the rise. Right. And there's an epidemic of, treating the symptoms, but not the cause. And that's why I'm a huge champion of abortion recovery. Uh, but we do have physical and emotional well, complications. And, and like you just said, the preterm birth, mm -hmm. it's very important for people to understand, well, why does that occur? Well, if you've yes. had a prior abortion, first of all, your cervix, which is that nice muscle that keeps that baby in the womb mm -hmm. until it's ready to, to deliver, is compromised right. in an abortion because now they're, they're, they're artificially dilating that cervix prematurely to do perform the abortion so her, her cervix is compromised right and then now you know a few years go by now she meets mr right now she wants to have her family wasn't ready before but now she is preterm birth and many times they end up having miscarriages early on before viability before the baby can survive so that's a huge risk and again the studies are here are documented my, on my own uh, subsequent child i had to be in bed that last um, month and a half so i experienced that as well i have friends dear friends who uh, i saw their medical records perforated uterus inability right. to conceive next baby like you said you miss you finally meet mr right and so on um, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, uh, promiscuity, for me, nightmares every month. My body didn't forget. Just nightmares, waking up screaming. This continued, and I had no idea why. There's right. so many. So well, we and then there's another uh, physical complication, too. There's a pelvic inflammatory disease, yes. too. It's very common. And that 
then can lead to leaving a woman sterile. Uh, and I do know some of the women from Silent No More, the only baby they were ever able to conceive because of then having that pelvic inflammatory disease as a result of the abortion, mm. were never able to conceive a child later on when, like you said, they miss, may, meet Mr. Right now, they want to start the family because of these physical complications from that abortion, they're left sterile. They're unable to conceive ever again. Right. And so when they say we can have another one someday, um, that that really cannot is, is in many cases not true at all. Yeah. So then, you know, you, you go through life and your friends are uh, becoming grandmothers and you're not, or right. they, there's all kinds of complications generationally. And so it is constant reminders. To yeah. Them. Well, and, and that's what it is. It's people missing from the family tree, right? Uh, I wrote about that in my book, uh, Shockways, because that's been the real impact of abortion here, because, uh, you know, now she wants to have children, she can't. And like you just said, she watches her friends all around her and uh, they're having children and then they'll, they grow up and now my age, grandchildren, and they're missing all that. They're missing because of that one mistake, so to speak, that they were like in your case, forced into having an abortion or convinced it was the best thing to do at the time. Mm -hmm. And it dramatically uh, affected uh, their whole lives, right? But right now, let's see, you're in Washington State, right? Yes, that's right. And you're now working for the state affiliate of uh, National Right to Life. Yes. So tell us about your organization there. It's mm -hmm. Human... So Human Life, Life. of Washington. Uh -huh. um, it's essentially the Right to Life office there. And we are focusing very heavily on abortion recovery. And it, it really is the message for this phase of the movement. And with my experience, that fits in very well. But this is the new phase of the movement where the abortion recovery has grown to such a degree that we need to, as a whole movement, really understand what all that is. And it's it has grown, you know, over the years, and it really is something that we all need to know in the in the church right. and how much the normal person does not understand or perceive the scope of the effect of it from our marriages and families and you know the society and so i, I think it it really uh, behooves our church to take a second look and that's my job is is to communicate that and yeah. to bring that so together. what part of washington state is mm -hmm. the office is it in seattle mm -hmm. area or we started in seattle um 50 years ago this is now our first the 51st year and wow. i moved our headquarters to the spokane area which is on the other side of the mountains and you know there's some dynamics there and some wonderful things that are happening because i feel like this mountain has been in the way and we are one powerful voice uniting for life and we have faith that moves mountains <laughs> ah that's a great right? phrase but you know what it is uh Esther, when people think of washington state just like new york california you know they think of those uh states as uh, as we call it, blue states and oh they're they're in favor of abortion so what is it like in that kind of atmosphere where there are a lot of people who have these liberal ideas thinking, you know, it's women's health care, you should have abortion. So what is it like on that day to day trying to get your pro-life work done in that atmosphere? You know, it's that's a really good question, because I just believe that uh, it, the leaders from our allies are uniting now more than ever. And again, mm -hmm. this is a new phase of the pro-life movement uh, for such a time as this. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I feel like it's just a really good time because we know that things are so bad. But because and, and even in light of the covid and all of those kinds of ramifications, we know who the the 
people who want to stand up and right. let's find each other and unite. And that's a beautiful thing now more than ever. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, I think it, it provides great hope for people too. Uh, I mean, I'm originally tell by my accident from New York and people used to say to me all the time, Oh, well, New York, you know, uh, that's like the abortion capital. And I said, yeah, well, it might've been the abortion capital where Dr. Nathanson started the whole abortion industry. I said, but you know, not, not for nothing, but a number of years ago, there used to even be a right to life party, a separate line uh, in uh, <gasps> New York. Yeah. Which we eventually lost that line because you have to have 50,000 people to vote on that line to keep it. But there was a time where we had a right to life party. They still have a conservative party in New York state. So, I, I think what you're doing is a wonderful example. Don't ever give up on your state. I think that's the problem. People just sit back and go, oh, you know, they get discouraged. That's like, right. oh, why should we vote? Oh, they're going to win. They're, they're going to. So what you're saying is a shining example exactly. of uh, you got to st stick with it. You got to get in there. And I think the abortion recovery message is so important uh, because it, it basically is a game changer to the other side. Because how can they how can they deny what you're saying? Mm -hmm. You're the voice of experience, and all these other women who are getting now forward because of Silent No More and the other abortion recovery programs are saying this didn't solve my problem. Look all the problems it created, you mm -hmm. know. So um, absolutely, and I love what you're doing here on this program, <laughs> and I commend you for that. And this this is the voice for right. just that. And thank you for all your work. With so Silent let's no remind More. everyone now uh, for Smart Women's Healthcare, they yes. go to S M A R T Healthcare. That's right dot com right women's healthcare. oh yeah smart, smart women's healthcare.com for all that great information mm -hmm. and i and mm -hmm. i want to remind them too okay. about this great book complications mm -hmm. uh available on amazon i mean this is a i mean i think just about every uh high school and college should have this book in their library and and for students because this you you know if ever you're challenged to do a report on uh, the impact of abortion on women. Mm -hmm. This is a must yep. because of all the research that's there. It's very right? user-friendly too. It user ought to friendly. be And of course, if someone's in Washington state and they want to connect with other pro-life people, the website for your organization is? That's humanlifewa.org, humanlifewa.org. Ah, then that stands for Washington. Well, as I really want to thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Jim. It was great having you and thank you for mm -hmm. being part of Silent No More. Thank you so much. And you know, brothers and sisters, I hope you saw that uh, in case I need a, a drink uh, of water, I keep this water bottle here. It's, love you know what that. it says? I think, I think you'd love this, Esther. It says, let God plan parenthood <gasps> instead is, of plan parenthood. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, brothers and sisters, these are great new water bottles we have here at our online store at prolifeproducts.org. So when you're out jogging and walking or go to the gym, this is a great way of getting a pro-life message, even in Washington state, telling That's people great. that God is the one who should plan parenthood, That's not right. plan parenthood. Well, thank you for joining me on uh, Just Ask Janet. And again, uh, we've gave you a wealth of information. If you want to read more testimonies uh, about other women like Esther, you can go to abortiontestimony.com. We have the largest collection of these stories of women who've been hurt by abortion, but now been healed and speak publicly. And maybe you know someone who's hurt from abortion. You can go to abortionforgiveness.com. Put in your zip code, you'll see where the nearest Rachel's Vineyard and other abortion recovery programs are, because we're here for you. There's no such thing as the unforgivable sin. There's help and resources available, and we want to reach out to you. And brothers and sisters, just remember, there are some abortions only you can stop, and some lives 
Only you can say it. Join us again next time on Just Ask Janet. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.